Yo, this Lamarcus CEO of Red Vision. You listen to Rebuke. This is Marcus, the realest man in Huntsville, and you're now listening to Rebuke. Today is our fourth uh, episode, and we have a great topic to discuss. Once again, I want to give thanks to everyone that has been showing support and listening to my podcast, uh, various streams, Google, Apple, uh, Anchor, you name it, is, is on there. Uh, before we ind- indulge in the uh, topic, we would like to, we're going to introduce our uh, guests that are on the show. Uh, we have, we're going to allow the people in the room with me to introduce themselves first, and then we allow the people on the phone to introduce themselves. So, no further ado, go ahead and introduce yourselves, tell me where you're from, and that's about it. All right, uh, LaMarcus Johnson, I'm from uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Now, ladies, y'all, up next, Natasha. Hey, it's Natasha Washington. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama, but I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. And last but not least. Hi, I'm Candace, or Candace Burwell, from Huntsville, Alabama. All right. Cool. All right, appreciate it. Um, today's topic we're going to talk about is, is, is called colorism, the different shades of hate. Um, me and my co-worker, LaMarcus here, uh, we had a discussion about this uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, at work, which I, I kind of found it, um, I was tickled by it because, you know, LaMarcus, he's light-skinned, and, you know, I'm dark-skinned. <laughs> and so it's kind of rare for to hear a light-skinned male uh, talk about colorism, Uh but he found it, uh, he told me some personal stuff that he went through growing up and and, and stuff like that. But I wasn't going to indulge and in, in even talk about the topic because, uh, but until I found, did some research on colorism. And uh, the, the actress Lipta Nim, uh, Lapita Nimio, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, Gabriel Union and Kiki Palmer all spoke about how did they desire to have lighter skin growing up because they thought they darker skin made them unattractive. And then I saw a clip where Monica and Kim Fields did an interview on Oprah's own talking about colorism in the industry, uh, acting industry. And then once we do, do, do some research, uh, <coughs> excuse me, research in the Caribbean and Africa 
about bleaching, uh, then it struck home. And then, but really, what struck home with me is that um, I had a conversation with my aunt, and uh, my aunt is dark skinned as well on my father's side. Uh, and you know, my father's side was very dark skinned, so she would tell me that her grandmother they had nothing to do with the dark skinned grandchildren because they felt that the dark skinned people will be unsuccessful in the workplace and she only talked to the light skinned grandchildren and that kind of struck a nerve with me so I decided we need to talk about this so no uh, no further ado so in two I'm going to go ahead and answer the first question I'm going to go ask I'm going to have you okay? You make no, sure. I'll <laughs> make sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask the first question. I'm going to ask uh, Lamarcus and them. Ask the the ladies on the phone. Uh, in 2019, do y'all still feel that people ha we have a colorism problem in the black community? Go ahead, Marcus. Okay. Um, I believe we do. Um, get closer to the mic. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I believe we do. Um, there's different uh points of view from the different shades, but I mean, it, it's blatant, uh, especially amongst African-Americans. I mean, it happens in different cultures as well, but I think um, being an African-American, you know, you can see it more in, within your own community, whether it's uh, on the joking side or there's things, you know, that you may talk with somebody that you're okay with, that you've been mm -hmm. friends with for a long time. You guys may joke on a different shade of skin or whatever like that, but right. for people that you don't know outside of that friendship, it you know, it can get sensitive. I absolutely come to dating, um, in the workforce. We have this certain standard that my skin is typically the better skin and I believe that's absolutely incorrect. So uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You telling me at work they got colorism? Correct. Go yeah. ahead, proceed then. Go ahead and proceed. That's, that's I, I do believe it's still an issue in today's society that we just need to figure out what needs to be changed. I mean, it's still an issue. Okay. What about you, Tasha? You feel that we, as a people, still have a colorism problem in 2019? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's everywhere, um, whether it's jokes, whether it's if you're in public and you kind of get ignored because you have darker skin, or if you're in public and, um, you know, maybe the people with the lighter skin get more privileges in a situation. It just, it's everywhere. Okay. You look like you ready. <coughs> you look like you ready to expound on that, Marcus. But uh, you ready? Like, you want to expound on that before I proceed? Or no, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Proceed. Because I'm going to give you definition of colorism. You know, I did the research. The definition of colorism is the prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a darker skin tone, typically of, among people of the same ethnic or racial group. I found that out that colorism is not just a African American thing. Uh, Asians do it. They found out. I found out that Asians discriminate against the the ones that were working in the fields. And the ones in the fields were darker than the ones that were working wasn't working in the fields. I, f I figure out Latinos do it. 
And it was crazy that Native Americans do it as well. The, the dark-skinned Cherokee, kind of the reddish-black dark uh, Cherokees, were not allowed in the tribe, in the, in the Cherokee tribe. So I'm going to break down the history of colorism, and we're going we're to indulge in some, in some questions. The history of colorism. We all know about slavery. The slave master raped our, our ancestors took the light-complected uh, people and made them to house Negroes. According to the Willie Lynch theory, they also talk about using color to divide and conquer amongst slaves in the United States. During slavery, light-skinned Negroes were more likely to obtain their freedom versus their darker-skinned counterparts during slavery. <coughs> Excuse me. Light-skinned people were viewed by white, their white counterparts as smarter, less intimidating, and more attractive and dark skin were treated dark skin people were treated differently versus their uh lighter skin counterparts thus creating a low self-esteem and by any means necessary for dark skin people to fit in to into to society so that's a little bit of the history of colorism uh unless somebody want to add to that uh we can go ahead and proceed you got you got something you want to add Marcus you look like you No go ahead keep Okay Tasha we'll into it later Kansas you you y'all want to add anything no. Okay. Okay. Question two um, is: Please, please describe your experience of colorism growing up and the effects it had on you. Um, Candace, can you start off with that? What, what what type of experience you had with colorism and how did it affect you as a child and and now? Well. It's kind of hard to say because I'm fair-skinned, so in my family, majority on my mother's side are fair-skinned. Now, on my father's side, it's a different story, but you can see a difference in treatment as far as our situations, you know. You're kind of you choppy. You're kind of choppy. I'm kind of choppy? No, you, no, you better right there. Okay. Go ahead, proceed. Um, you could just kind of see a difference in treatment when it pertains to you and your husband going out having fun or just receiving gifts or the type of treatment that you receive from your elders in the family. And so, as a child, you can't really place a, a finger upon it because it's not something that you look at until you become an adult and you gain better understanding. But the issue is why? Okay, I got a, I got a question for you, Candace. Uh Did you feel the the, the colorism growing going into high school, noticing that you know you might have had dark skinned friends, but the boys would try to holler at you more than the dark your dark skinned friend? Absolutely, my my circle of friends. We we had several friends in the that were of, you know, darker skin, but they called us the light-skinned crew for whatever reason. The light-skinned click, you know, and it was just like, why well, we can't be the crew or, you know, pretty girls, whatever. We have to be the light-skinned. Although we had two or three in the group that were of darker skin, why does it have to even be dubbed that because of our skin tone? You know what I mean? I totally agree. Right. 
Right. What about you? Something that's always been brought up by the black community, not necessarily by, you know, Caucasian friends. They weren't thinking of it like that. Right. I agree. What about um? I'm gonna leave. The, I'm gonna let Natasha end it last. But what about you, Marcus? What? What? How colorism has affected you? Um, maybe tell me the story you told me so everybody oh, okay. can know. I mean, I can remember growing up. If uh, you know, I got into it with a couple of friends. It's like elementary age, and uh, first thing they would call out because of my lighter skin would be, "Oh, you a half breed," and you know, they would call me that. And I'm sitting here like half breed. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we all the same. You know, so as African Americans, and I'm like, Harry, what are you, what are you talking about? I guess they couldn't pronounce mulatto. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, or too young to know about it. Yeah. At that time, but um, and then even as as I got older, you can see certain things as far as like, because I mean, African Americans, we have so many different shades, and I feel that we should be able to embrace every shade and every color. I mean, we're a diverse group, but we're the same, like if me and you get pulled over, our faith is basically the s still the same, in my opinion. Okay. So, like when we go in and talk about okay, light skin privilege, if we get pulled over and me and you in the same car and it's a cop, he's not gonna go back and say I got me a light skinned one today. He gonna say I got me. Okay, you, you, is it, you can say <laughs> it on my show, man. You can say it. Yeah, I got me an this. Is that what he gonna say? Okay. Got you, got you. Hey, I'm gonna. Last but not least, Natasha, I'm going to let you finish it off. Uh, how has colorism has affected you growing up? Growing up, it was rough, especially growing up in Alabama. Okay. You know, I mean, even though I did have struggles when I lived overseas, um, I remember kind of like being left out and things like that, but I'm, I was so young, I'm not 100% sure that it was, because I was dark-skinned, or black for that matter, because I was in Germany. Um, but I do vividly remember when I got to Alabama is when, like, the name-calling started, the picking, um, all day long. It was it was something, you know. It, it, like, it just would not be left alone. <laughs> it was all day long. And then, like, in my family, for the most part, everybody's pretty dark-skinned, except the ones who have white mothers and so um you know i didn't really think of any our skin tone of even really being an issue until you step out into society and then all of a sudden it's an issue and you're kind of confused because you're wondering why maybe like around middle school like why is it why are the boys not saying like us any attention you know they're flocking over light skin with long hair um and it like it was just like I don't, like, this will happen, and all the dark-skinned girls have short hair, so, you know, there go more jokes. Like, it was just, it was, like, nonstop. And I know that was my experience. It was just nonstop. It was, you know, if you were, like, a popular dark-skinned girl, you had to have every other box checked. You know, you had to have long hair. You had to have name brand clothes, name brand shoes. You know, your parents had to drive to the car. <laughs> all types of stuff for you to even be a little accepted. So it was just like relentless. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say I, my, my first experience with colorism was, and I'm an army brat just like you, Natasha. So I was at Fort Hood, Texas, 
And what's crazy is that the girl that called me blacky or b- black, she was brown. You know what I mean? Um, and I was wa- and I was wondering why she keep calling me black. And I, I was asking teachers, you know, am I am I that black? You know, and that's when I really found out what you know we had a colorism problem. Really, like the second or third grade. Uh, in, in Fort Hood, Texas, and you know the temperature in Texas is hot, so uh, I, I got I got extra crispy in, at Texas because um, I like we like to play outside. So, but that was my experience in, in, uh, with colorism. And when I went to Germany, I didn't have that problem. But like would you like you said when I when my parents moved from Germany in '95 back to Alabama. Oh man, I got the black and decker jokes and the, the you know you know the burnt this burnt that jokes. Uh, hey, go ahead. Now, do you think because because I was in Germany too, army bread as well. Okay. So, do you think are you saying you really didn't experience it while you were in Germany? I mean, you got to understand the military really is so diverse. Right. Right. right so, right. like like Natasha said. What are we talking about colorism for when your mom is Korean, your mom is German, right. your mom is uh, Colombian, your mom is, you know, rainbow. Saying, or, you know what I mean? So everybody's, I hate to say it, everybody was mutts in the military. So uh, we, didn't run, we didn't run across that problem right. until we moved back to the, to Alabama mm-hmm. and to the States. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my experience with colorism and, you know, I had. I'm glad that um, I had tough skin because I was I was able to block that out. But because you know, I don't know. Uh, Natasha felt this sometimes. I had to. Sometimes I look in the mirror mm-hmm. and look and look at myself. And be like, man, am I not really that dark? But now I'm like, yeah, I'm. I, I, I accept it now. But that, at, that, back then I was like, man, what's the problem? And as a child, you're looking at like, is something wrong with me? Correct. Right. 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 Correct. And, and there's nothing wrong. Right, and you know, but, you, but you're second guessing yourself. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tasha. Okay. Um, I just kind of wanted to touch on, you know, we're specifically saying like Alabama. I didn't come from Germany straight to Alabama. We lived in Indiana for a while. Oh. And I didn't have okay. no problems in Indiana. I didn't have any problems in Indiana. It was not until I crossed into the South that it became a problem that I was dark-skinned. Like, if, if people had a problem with it, they didn't say anything to me. But when we got to Alabama is when it was very, like, okay, this is a problem, but it was always a problem with brown people. Correct. Always. You know, it was always us. I don't think I ever, I mean, uh, granted, I did go to majority black schools, but it was like even around, if I'm somewhere else, I didn't have those problems. It was only within the black community in the South. Right. And they were like very, very hyper-focused on dark-skinned girls. But it was always a fine line because it would be the main ones who were like two shades lighter than me that were like going hard. And when I got older, I come to realize that, you know, that was more like a self-preservation thing. Like we're going to talk about them because they're darker to get the attention off of us. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna, uh, now, uh, go ahead. Hey, Tasha, this is LaMarcus. You, you said in Indiana you really didn't experience it? 
I didn't. Um, we now, granted, we didn't live there like a long time, but we were there. Mm-hmm. I know at least like a, maybe a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. No, maybe a year. And um, yeah, then when we got to Alabama, I was in the second, like the second semester of second grade. Okay, now when you were in Indiana, and, um, I'm sorry. Now, when you were in Indiana, were you um, you didn't experience it at all amongst African Americans, or were you? Um... No, the area that we were in, it was still pretty diverse. Okay, and um, so it was like a good mix of everybody, and nobody was really on that. Right, right, right. It is, it's crazy. At least not that I can remember, and it, I'll say for like my experience, it's it's true because I lived in Detroit for about seven and a half years. They really don't dwell on that, man, because right. so it's so diverse of, of colors mm-hmm. and you know aspects. They really don't. There's so many things going on in the city that to worry about somebody's complexion, right? So, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and proceed on. Um, I'm gonna, and this question is really towards Lamarcus and Candace. Okay. So, uh, we. We stated earlier some of the benefits, and after hearing, we did. I, I listened to some. After hearing light-skinned people admitting that they have privilege over dark-skinned counterparts, I, I was listening to some videos and had women, light-skinned women, admitting that they they have a privilege by they by having being lighter, and light-skinned and the thing in uh, being light-skinned being portrayed in better in a better limelight in movies, television, and music videos. You know, you got rappers uh, talking about all they want is light-skinned females. And, you know, if you ever noticed, you know, the show Martin, uh, I was, uh, you know, Pam and Gina were very attractive females. But they portrayed uh, Gina as the smart, more elegant female where Martin was dogging the dark-skinned uh, chick by calling her BDB and nappy jokes and all that stuff. And, and that's, I didn't know that until I didn't realize it. now that was colorism in front of our eyes and, and stuff like that. So the question is for the, for the nation with all the benefits that and privilege that light skinned people receive in corporate America, uh, music and, and other genres of life why should or why would a dark-skinned person feel any sympathy or empathy for 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 you for a light-skinned person in, in what sense in in, yeah, in mean, general in like, ge- general overall because we, we as i interview a lot of people dark-skinned they Oh, I'm gonna I'm touch down to it, but I talk, I interviewed a lot of dark skinned women before the show, mm-hmm. and they told me a lot of stuff that was sad, mm-hmm. and which I never hear from a light skinned person. So I want to hear from you and Candace. Mm-hmm. Why would a, a light a dark skinned person be like feel you know okay he he's on our side or we show some sympathy for for the light skinned people as well. Okay, I, I, I guess I'm trying to I, I'm trying to understand it. You you said that I guess the comments they shared with you. That well, you I would have to I would have to know what they said in well, order. Well, if I tell you that, I I would I would destroy my other question. But a lot of the dark skinned okay. women 
who have very low self-esteem, and Natasha touched on, on mm. it to the point that they wanted to bleach their skin. Mm. Okay. I I heard a little bit of what you said because a little bit choppy. So you were saying that um, you were saying that it's kind of hard because you never lived in that person's shoes. Correct. Mm. Right. Do y'all feel that y'all got privilege? Well, let me ask this: Do y'all feel that y'all have privilege because of your skin tone? I think Natasha, or not Natasha, but I think Kansas kind of answered it. But do you feel privileged by being light skinned, Marcus? I don't know, because when I wake up, I don't wake up and say, hey, I'm light-skinned. I wake up and say, hey, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. L- let me ask you this. Go ahead. L- let me ask you this. Do you think I have privilege? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Can I keep a police officer from killing me because of my light skin? Uh, they might. They might turn on the cheek versus me with, the l- with dark skin with red eyes and locks. <laughs> so... If, if there's one that has bad intent, right, and he pulls me over, you're not in the car. Mm-hmm. Will I go home? I don't know that question. I don't know that answer. If he has bad intent, I don't. It's probably you. So probably he, he won't go no, home. No, I'm saying, does he look at me as a light skinned African American, or does he just look at me as an African American? I don't know. I mean, the research says that you know the white counterparts do find you less intimidating than the dark counterparts. So I don't know. Okay, but. I feel that if me and you were in the car mm-hmm. and we get pulled over, mm-hmm. I think the cops are in- antagonizing me more than you. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I mean, uh, Tasha and uh, Candace, can y'all, y'all want to elaborate on that? If, you know, you know, Marcus, he's clean. Sh- I don't know if he's seen Marcus, but Marcus is clean shaven, got a low fade, you know, and you know, he got, he got a little, he got a little jail avert beard and everything, but, <laughs> but y'all also know what I, I, I look. So if we were pulled over in the car, mm-hmm. and police, pull, you know, by the police, who you think was going to get the most the most smoke? Based on, go ahead. Can I interrupt just for one second before they answer that? Go ahead. Okay, I think can we agree that it's more colorism within our own race versus outside the race? Can we agree to that? But it's for everybody. Colorism is more so within our race versus outside the race. So what was the question? So, uh, can I back up for a second um, and address something before we move on to the police scenario? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Tasha. So, you know, you asked, like, why would dark-skinned people have sympathy or empathy for a light-skinned person white mm-hmm. based on them having more privilege? Correct. And I think, you know... At the end of the day, yes, it's, we all know that there's more privilege there, but at the foundation, they're still black and still considered black. And them being light-skinned doesn't really invalidate any type of fear or trepidation that they may have in everyday life from being black. So I think that's kind of where we can pull from some sympathy or empathy, like at the foundation and core of who we all are is still considered black and it's still an issue. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh, nice cleaning it up, Tasha. Nice cleaning it up. And what about you, Kansas? You got you want to add on that? Add on to what Tasha said? Oh, yeah. You, you got anything to add? Or you, 
or are you good? I'm good. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead to the next question. So um, we talked, I, I touched on it is, you know, bleaching is a byproduct of colorism. And like I said, it's a big issue in the Caribbean and in Africa. And one of my good friends, uh, her name is Jennifer. She's actually in Fort Hood as we speak. She's she's tall, pretty dark-skinned female, but talking to her, she tells she has very low self-esteem. And she told me at a very young young age, at twelve, she thought about uh, she thought about bleaching and actually bought some bleaching cream. So I want to go ahead and uh, talk about the bleaching. The the side effects of colorism for dark-skinned people is the bleaching, and and what it can and the effects it has. The bleaching syndrome has three counterparts. It's, first one is philosophical. It involves self-rejection of dark skin and other native characteristics. Two is sociological in that it influence, influences group behavior. Basically, it's time for us to, you know, dark skinned people to bleach their skin. And Madam J. Walker got those the, the hair straighteners, make sure, you know, I get the naps out of our hair and make sure, you know, we, we accept it in society. And the final aspect is psychological. The psychological is not limited just bleaching to the skin. It also mean, it means altering the hair texture, eye color, mimicking the dominant group. Act talk, you, know, you know how we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, yo, he, 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 she talking white, he talking white, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, all that, just trying to fit into society. Right. Uh, like I said, colorism is a big issue for you know, for dark skinned women. Uh, Natasha, uh, we were I consider you a real good friend. Have you ever thought about bleaching your skin growing up? Yes, yes or no, and why? No, I I didn't think about bleaching my skin because I didn't know it was a thing growing up. However, I did spend many nights praying to wake up light skinned, so all of the other stuff would stop. Life would be better if I wasn't dark skinned. So if if I would have known about bleaching, I probably would have considered it. Wow. Hey, I just, I just want to let the crowd know that uh, Natasha is a very attractive female, period. And you know how we had these things growing up. Mm. Oh, yeah, you know, Natasha, she's attractive for a dark-skinned girl. You know what I'm saying? No, which no, no, is, no, 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 no. Yeah, if which she's beautiful, she's beautiful. Right. Hands down. But we had right. that colorism, mm-hmm. color-struck thing going on in our community. Mm-hmm. We can't even address a female unless we mention her skin tone, right. which is which is sad. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, which is I think is very important, mm-hmm. what roles do parents have on colorism? Is it their job I to instill? Play, I'm oh, I'm sorry. Is, is it their job to instill self-confidence in their children to ensure that we, we, when we do run across some idiots that talk about racial jokes or uh, talk about colorism, we, we know how to stand firm and, and, and ha- have confidence in our complexion or uh, there's something else? Go ahead, Tasha. You was going to talk, so let, I'm going to let you talk. I think it's very imperative for parents to instill self-love into their children, but to also be careful what you say, even if you're joking. 
because, you know, if I, um, like, sometimes I would get in trouble, and it would be like, get your black A over here. Right, right, and right, right. even right. though <laughs> it was not meant, like, for my skin tone, but being at school all day and being talked about because I'm dark skin and being called black in a derogatory manner, to get home and hear the same thing made me feel like you felt about me like they feel about me at school. Wow. Mm. So sometimes we damage our kids unknowingly, and we have to be very cognizant of how we talk to our children. Candace, what roles do yeah. Candace? You are a mother of two. So, what role do you have in instilling that your your boys, you know, ain't gonna get picked on by their skin complexion? I'm quite sure they won't. But if they do, what role do you do you have them ensure ensure that it doesn't happen? I think it's a lie because. My kids, they're they're small. They're four and six. They honestly do not see color as an issue. Their grandmother's white. They have a black grandmother. Now, they're not many, and I don't mention their skin tone whenever I discipline them or when I reference or say anything to them. They don't really see it as an issue, so I think it plays a huge role as a parent because as they get older, that's something that's already said in them, you know? But as I say that, whenever I talk to them, you know, I just tell them they're handsome or they're cute. They correct me if I say they're pretty. They know that much, but you know, they don't—they don't really see their skin tone as an issue or, or really even a topic of discussion when it comes amongst their friends coming over to play. Okay, cool. What about Mark? Marcus? What's you? You have your father. Mm-hmm. So what is? What's your role to make sure this doesn't happen for your children? I mean, as, I guess as a father or a parent overall, you just have to uh, love your children and teach your children how to love themselves. Um, like I said, you, um, you come into this world who you are, uh, and you just basically have to instill in them self-love. totally agree with the self-love because um, I think what saved me growing up is that my dad was in the military once again and I see that I see um, a uh, strong black man in a, in a military uniform and, and I saw many of those guys and I didn't see him struggling with his with his complexion because he's dark skinned as well and so I, that would, that I believe that's what saved me growing up, uh, having the confidence. But I, I would, I'll be lying if I didn't admit that I felt the same way Natasha felt. Mm-hmm. That sometimes I wish I was, I didn't want to be light skinned I didn't, I didn't want to be Chico the barge mm-hmm. light skin or anything like that. But. Uh, I wanted to be a couple shades lighter, um, so the so I won't be picked on, and maybe the girls will find me a little bit more attractive. That's all. Mm. So, 
just to pick back on. And can I say this? Go ahead. It's been my preference in dating to date a guy that's always darker than me. Oh, that's you, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, well, that's, that's good. That's a good. Go ahead. No, I just feel like when we're in the same state, we're like brother and sister. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've what? always been the guy that's darker than me. Okay. That's just been a of mine, so. Natasha, do you have a preference? Do you prefer, uh, because of your being picked on, do you you tend to gravitate towards lighter because the 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 stereotype? If you if a dark skin and a light skin get together, they produce uh, beautiful babies. No, my preference is a dark skin man. Um, both of my boys are chocolate, so yeah, I wasn't ever concerned about the skin tone. By the time I got around to having kids, I was kind of past it. But um, you know, I've never was really, and I think actually a lot of my preference comes from the issues that I had with like skin people. You know what I mean? So it was just, it was just kind of like, no, I'm good. I'm gonna stay over here. I just it's my preference. And I had to, I, I mean to pick it back on what y'all saying about when it comes to the, the preferences. And as a growing up and hearing, hearing the, the stereotypes about light-skinned women and stuff, I tend not to try to, even as a grown man, mm-hmm. I tend not to try to talk to light-skinned <laughs> women, which is crazy, mm-hmm. because I hear that they're going to stereotype which it ties with colorism, them having the bad attitudes and being snappy and all that other stuff. So uh, I try to date the brown and or the dark skin because I'd be like, okay, they they probably have a better attitude. But but basically, me saying that is really it sounds petty and childish. And I, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, on, I'm looking on at Marcus. Side. But that's that's what we that's what we have that's what's going on in our community. That's what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, uh the the negative stereotypes about being dark skinned, the negative stereotypes being a light skinned, and we're not realizing we we deteriorating and destroying each other at the same time. But go ahead. But Marcus, you go I've never ahead. heard that before. Say what? I've never heard anybody like refer to a light skinned woman having an attitude. They usually pin it all on a dark skin. It, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, if we're not smiling, it's a problem. If we're not speaking, it's a problem. You know, they always portray light-skinned women to be more approachable, more lovable, more nurturing, more likely to talk to me than a dark skin woman. I've never heard anybody say what you just said. Well, I'm just saying from my personal experience. My personal experiences. The, my personal experiences. It was, I, I guess, it's the reverse. I got my head chopped off by the light skin, and the dark skin women were more. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> more. I've often been the one with an attitude or stuff up, just because of you. They hadn't even had a conversation with me, just because they're going off on how I look. Right. Stuff up with an attitude, and then they're like, "Oh, you're cool," but. When I first met you, I thought you were going to be stuck up and, you know, bad attitude. That's never the case. That's funny because that's what people say to me. <laughs> mm. 
it'd be exact same, like, oh, she stepped up, she thinks he's better than me. And, you know, then it'll be yeah. like a year later, and then we'll have a conversation. And it's like, oh, Tasha, I didn't even know you were this cool. You walk in exactly. the room, and you just, you just look like you thought she was better than us. Oh. And I don't know what that exactly. looks like, but I've been accused of it many times. Well, we learn something new every day. I guess we do. Um, (laughs) So, this is my last question regarding colorism. Um, I want y'all to think deep about this before y'all answer. And you said it's a problem in 2019. What can we do as a people to break the curse of colorism? What can we do? I think it has gotten better since the civil rights era and in slavery and 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 uh, I forgot. I'm still on the top of my head. I forgot the other the other one after the Civil War. Um, but I believe uh, I believe colorism has gotten better because we didn't have uh, dark skin and people achieving and and doing things doing well, but. How do we, as a people, totally dismantle and destroy colorism, Marcus? Okay. Um, basically, I have to put it out there like you are now. Let's talk about it. Let's have a discussion. Um, you have different viewpoints from the different shades, if you may say, but at the end of the day, we I think we're all the same. Let's 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 come and figure out okay how we can fix this because I mean I'm. It's, it's kind of crazy. We're, we're one race. I don't see any other races. You know, hey, you're not as white as me, so <laughs> we're right. not going to let you in. That's crazy. Right. We're the only people talking about this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's good that we're talking about it because it's a problem. Right. It is a problem. Right, right. So it's either um, 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 either too dark or I'm not black enough. Correct. So, I mean, come on. Which one is I mean, let's... Yeah. Why? Come on. It's 2019. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Tasha, what can we do as a people to destroy and de- and demantle colorism? I think the first thing, like uh, Marcus said, is to to start the dialogue. But more importantly, in the dialogue, to listen, understand, and not be dismissive of anyone else's plight. Um, just based on however we may feel about it or what's going on. But then once we do that, it's time to put all that aside and start focusing on solutions. You know, like, okay, so yeah, I get it. You know, we got this problem over here and this problem over here, but how are we going to fix these problems together? Candice, what do you feel? Honestly, piggybacking what Tasha said, we won't be able to come to a common ground and common understanding until we realize that that is actually a problem. Dave Chappelle said in his recent stand-up, when we all come together and have a conversation over a certain person, which is you-know-who, that's an office, <laughs> then that's when we'll come together and we'll make a change. Well, I'm the last one on the mic. 
So I agree with everybody. I believe, first of all, we need, like Marcus said, we need to have a, a strong dialogue. Secondly, I believe, as a, as a people, we don't do enough research. Um, we, don't, we don't study about uh, our history. How did light-skinned people come about? Because uh, they didn't come from, you know, our ancestors didn't come from Africa, th this complexion. And we, we, don't talk, we, we don't talk about how our ancestors was raped over and over and over again and to get that complexion and put in certain areas on the plantation to cause confusion amongst their own same race. But they realized they, they were not intelligent to realize that they were all on the plantation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you might be in the house versus the field, but y'all still on the plantation. Y'all still slaves. So I think we don't do enough research in teaching our kids where what what transpired in the past and that dark skin and light skin ultimately had the same plight. They were they were marching during the civil rights era hand by hand. They were fighting in the Civil War hand by hand, you know, and everything else. So I believe we need to do more research. Mm -hmm. Dialogue, research, and the and last thing is parents of all colors and shades, we just need, like you said, Natasha, we just need to nip it in the bud. We need to stop calling our kids names. You know, you know bring your black ass over. No, we need to stop doing that. Um, bring your, your, your yellow ass. No, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, uh, your kids are picking it up um, at a very young age. My first show... Um, my first show was about bullying and suicide within the black youth. And one of the, the therapists said um, bullies uh, only reciprocate beha behavior they learn from home. So you, most bullies are being bullied at home. So they just got, and most people that are doing colorism, it's, do, getting, it's getting done at home as well. So we need to stop nip things and colorism in a, in, at home. And lastly, we need to embrace and, and teach self-confidence in, in the black community. I believe that, uh, and like I said, I'm a proud black man. Uh, I am who I am. I'm dark-skinned. I'm quite sure LaMarcus, he's a proud black man. He's just he's just light-skinned. He's just different shades. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite sure Latasha and Kenzie, y'all proud black women. Y'all just different shades. But uh, the, the caveat on that, um, like Marcus said, when the police officer shoots one of us, we're still in the same fight. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of a one of a young man got shot and, and murdered, uh, murdered, but I believe, but he got shot by the police. And like Marcus said, the police didn't give a damn what shade he was. So, once we get off this color colorism trip and start focusing on key issues like police brutality, gentrification, economic empowerment, and, and, and start right, uh, and rise up together as a race, we can do great things. Uh, I believe that's, um, I'm gonna, that's believe that's the end of my show. Um, does anybody want to 
have any last comments before I end? Natasha, you have anything you want to add? No, I'm good. Are you good? Candace, are you good? Yes, sir. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to Candace. She's actually a little sick, but she actually came on the show anyway. So I appreciate Candace. You know, I'm getting a hand clap for toughing it out. <laughs> toughing it out. Representing. And, oh, and Marcus, you got anything you want to add, brother? No, I think it was good dialogue. You may want to have a, 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 a part two. A part two? To the series or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. um, you know, hopefully Kansas will eat all her oranges and, and, and alcohol seltzer. We will have a part two. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of my show. Uh, I thank everyone. I thank all my guests for uh, participating and, and providing their honesty and their opinions on this, uh, this, this uh, nagging topic about colorism. And I hope everyone that's that's going to listen to this later on will get something out of it and learn to uh, come together as one. Once again, this is Marcus, uh, the realest man in Huntsville, and you're listening to Rebuke. Peace. <laughs>